This episode of Verbal Tap brought to you by NogiBJJGear.com. Use the promotional code VerbalTap15 to get 15% off of your order. Do it! Hitting record on what won't be a lively <laughs> bluegrass session with mm. the Bolo Bros, but will be potentially. That sounds like a shame. Helpful. Let him introduce the show. Uh, Welcome sorry. to Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is easier from outside the cage, talking not as such. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Rafa Sparza and the Bolo Sisters. Oh, I got to Google that now. Damn it. I haven't checked that one yet. Raph, how are you doing? I'm fine because I know when I appear as a guest on a show, I let the host wait. So this is the unfortunate part when the guests meet producer Raph. Producer Raph <laughs> is surly, not nice. Host Raph is a blast. So how about now we properly introduce the guests that we have returning back, who we do love, but as you can tell, are still new at the podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> please welcome Danny and Nick, the Bolo Bros. Welcome back to the show, gents. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey. So just making sure this isn't the Joe Rogan podcast? <laughs> still not the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, you typed in the wrong URL again. <laughs> if we're being honest, uh, we've been around as long as them. So for all you know, we are the Joe Rogan of jiu-jitsu, which, man... Kevin is not doing enough DMT. Well, I would actually, <laughs> I, and I, and that's my bad. You guys, were you guys recording a minute ago when I was still talking? Or yeah, kinda. I mean, let's get into just <laughs> the show now, because we, you know, how studios for movies do those big productions. Like all of a sudden, you have uh, Billy Bob Thornton in Armageddon, even mm -hmm. though he's really more of an Indian uh, indie actor. Mm -hmm. That's us. Right, mm -hmm. Joe Rogan went corporate. CGI <laughs> shit, injects yeah. veins into his face. He's got Elon <laughs> Musk high. We're mm -hmm. still doing that art house production, and sure, his is I more lucrative. Mm -hmm. you, you guys are still real to the people. Thank you. For example, mm -hmm. Nick Sales, I'm watching a fight you have from 2018, and oh, you're man. trying to uh, triangle the shit out of some guy in Farmingdale, mm. New Jersey, but I haven't seen a Baron Bolo yet. What say you? Okay, so uh -oh. keep watching that match. Oh shit, you just Baron Bolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, checking me. <laughs> How's that feel? It feels well it, it feels like also, I owe you a bracelet from Bolosisters.com. A very good jewelry line. <laughs> And it also just shows you guys are one note. But hey, hey, let's get back to the cordialness of this show. Because guess what? And Kevin doesn't was... do his research very thoroughly. But <laughs> other than that. <laughs> and as we learned, they don't do the research for their own SEO. But hey, we are so pleased to have you guys back. Not only because we're stoked to do some results. But I have to ask right up top. Did you guys watch the fights this past weekend for UFC 252? Dude, I I saw the fights I shouldn't have watched. So I, I watched Sean O'Malley get knocked out. And what's the other one? I watched Stipe win. Yeah, those are the two I watched. I saw a highlight of that on Instagram, but I was uh, I was working. So I didn't have time to watch them all yeah. or any of them. Interesting. Well, here's the good news. I did all the work for everybody. So I'll be able to talk nicely about it. But Kev... What if I were to tell you that Daniel Cormier is kind of retired, question mark? 
I would tell you we're exactly where we were before the fight. He's been not in, I mean, look, you know what's easier than fighting? Talking mm. about fighting. We've mm. been very clear about that. It is so much easier to make fun of someone about Baron Boloing than it is to do it in an effing match. DC is really good at talking about fighting. They love him in the commentary booth. I, I really love him in the commentary booth. That means the hunger goes down from, well, I guess I should choose my words. The hunger appeared to be right on scale, if not, if not even uh, higher, because he looked a little rounder, and, and, which maybe he's trying to get into that Rounders 2 movie starring Ed Norton and the guy. Wait, they're making a second one? They've always had a script for a second Rounders. It's always existed. And the fact that no one knows about that movie is a shame. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't even, I, I didn't even hear about the first one. What? Oh, it's such a good movie. Wait, what? Let's address this issue right now. We need to have an intervention. <laughs> okay, like, hold up. So, Nicholas. Hold on a UFC talk. Let's talk about Rounders. <laughs> Who Nicholas gives a shit about this Stipe thing? I actually have some funny jokes about the way they hyped these fights. But, yeah. I mean, Rounders is a classic. You've got Matt Damon still with his uh, boy band bangs and the bull cut. You've got Ed Norton just being a great actor before he did anything for Marvel. And fun fact about that movie, John Malkovich, that accent was a surprise to everyone on set, everyone on scene. He just started doing it during their first take. You're lying. I'm not lying. People nearly shit themselves with laughter during. That's so awesome. That's brutal. Oh, man. So what's the, like, uh, give me, like, a synopsis. Of the movie? Oh, it's a poker underground thing. But Rounders 2 is what I'm excited about. DC Cormier's in there. They're trying to fix a UFC fight. One of them (laughs) accidentally sells their wife to John Jones. There's a lot that they could do. Oh, so topical. We will have John Jones talk in just a minute, though, Kev. Let's introduce this idea. This one goes out to you, Nick. My question to you is, if I poke your eye, are you allowed to poke my eye in a fight? Oh, I believe the saying goes, and correct me if I'm not wrong, Hammurabi said an eye for an eye. So I believe that if you poke me in the eye, 100% I should be able to poke you in the eye. Well, if you're Daniel DC Cormier, you don't believe that to be true because he was a super pissed that Mark Goddard did not stop the fight when he got poked in the eye after poking Stipe in the eye. So it was a very strange turn of events between the two. And mind you, he was not looking good. I will tell you this. In the second round, Stipe was putting it on, on DC and looked like he nearly was about to knock him out with just a few seconds left in the second round. DC looked dazed. He gets over to his corner and he was fighting a very solid fight. However, from that point on, he really couldn't see out of his eye. When they announced the result, it was not a huge surprise to everybody, but it was a spectacularly fun fight to watch. I want to credit a couple things over Was it fun? Stipe. I mean, you, you enjoyed it. it. You were like, this was a good fight because I want to get into this about UFC. They were, they were intermixing Muhammad Ali versus Foreman. They were talking yeah. about famous... rematches in fight history and i nearly threw up i was like are you (laughs) shitting me right now this is not like rumble in the jungle come on yeah yeah 
this isn't even rumble in the apex center. Like this is just <laughs> kind of like, is this what we're doing? I mean, sure. It's fine. No, I had a great time with the fight. I thought the fight was very captivating and true to Daniel Cormier's spirit of being the ultimate underdog and still finding a way to continue to fight a final mm-hmm. fight. So but, there was a very, very cool thing about that. But what do you guys think about that? Like I heard his cornea detached or something to oh. that extent. Like, do you think in yeah. that case, Ace, like they should have some sort of rematch or because that just seems like an unfair advantage if at some point during the match your eye basically is rendered useless you know i will tell you this right now first of all hashtag daniel cornier uh, <laughs> give you that uh second of all i thought about this very heavily while watching the fight which was as follows I said, I don't think DC can go through this again. He is mentally checked out since he said he was going to turn 40. He famously said, you will not see me fighting in there past 40. And then Dana White unloaded a godly amount of money from a truck into his house. And he continued to fight. And I got to tell you, man, when somebody tells you they don't want to fight anymore past a certain time and they do... I don't care who they are. You know, part of that motivation isn't there. And granted, he made it look amazing. So I'm truly proud of what it was that he was doing. It's just I kind of got to that point where I said, I don't think he's really into it. Mm. Yeah, I could see that. But I mean, if, if, if what you're saying is true, then there's nothing stopping Dana from offering him even more money, say, if there's no one else for uh, Steve A to fight, right? Well, well, great he news. He can't make that much money off of him. There's someone else for Stipe to fight, and he wouldn't shut up. One of the, my favorite things Raph does is like, so sports journalism, this will be good. Actually, I think this will be nice. This is Kevin talking, uh, Nick and Danny. I think one of the things sports does is it takes a small clip from something someone says and creates headlines out of it. It's not all that dissimilar to some issues we have in, in the media in general. This was mm-hmm. one where they always take the first tweet John Jones does. Raph is a much more seasoned sports journalist, and he started, he's like, sure, I'm going to give you that one, and then I'll keep you updated on where he goes. Because John Jones' publicist always sends the first tweet, and then you can tell he, he fires the publicist and is like, I got to <laughs> elaborate. So it's always like, this is where we started, which was like a super respectful tweet about love the UFC, love it. Seven minutes later, it's like, my dick's so big, I'll stuff it in your mom, Stipe. And you're like, oh, my God, what the F happened to John Jones' Twitter account? And that's basically where it went. But it seems like they were doing a very purposeful job to get overweight Cormier in the fight. And I don't think Dana's bringing the Brinks truck next time. I think uh, this was a setup. I don't, to get... I don't see John Jones going up to heavyweight, though, to be honest. You don't? Mm, I mean, if he stops doing coke alone, he'll gain 35 pounds if the 90s taught us anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I definitely I feel like he would do it. You know, he's, he's having a hard time finding fights right now. He's having a hard time, you know, staying out of trouble as is. Mm, the I, second I, I, one's more right than the first one. Yeah, I'd like to see him fight like a top five contender. Maybe let's throw uh, John Jones against Ngannou. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'd, I'd watch that. Oh, man. I you know, if you're going to throw John Jones up to the Wolves, you might as well make some extra money off of it. So I'd put John Jones against Ngannou, winner, that gets steeper. I want the Black Beast right. first. I want the Black yeah. Beast versus John Jones. Mm. Mm. 
Let's get somebody. Let's get somebody who's ironically more conservative and like weirdly <laughs> more pissed off. Well, let me bring this up to your guys' attention. So I think you're kind of alluding to a few things. Number one, DC said in his post-fight interview, uh, I only fight for championships, and if I'm only going to be in this position, yeah, I think I'm about done. And everybody said nice things about them, as they should. It was a great final fight, if that is the case. But he never quite said, yeah, I'm super retired now. He just kind of yeah. said, I mean, unless you're going to give me a championship. And that was only solidified later in the evening when Dana White was saying, well, what championship do you think he's going to fight for, Stipe? Mm. And the person who asked the question was like, oh, ouch, Dana. I, okay, cool. <laughs> then I guess we're done here. So Dana was on one that night as well. However, you brought up the idea of John Jones. And I think something may have triggered him to respond the way that we did see him respond, which is as follows. Dana White said, uh, you know, Francis has that next fight. Undoubtedly, it's going to be Francis. I don't care if John Jones wants in because John Jones was saying, mmm, mmm, looks pretty good, Steve. Hey, I think I want to try some of that. And he then said something about what? eating a cheeseburger. It's like, yeah. uh, dude, I don't think that's going to do it. I've seen your swim routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so after all of that, then John Jones, maybe uh, after, you know, everybody says a nice thing about DC, then, you know, in true John Jones form, you can't let a headline go about DC without John Jones chiming in and stealing the thunder who he says, mm, you know, I'm retired. Uh, you guys can hang. I just gave up my title. I gave up the light heavyweight. Oopsie doopsie. Bye everybody. It's been fun. And then I put that quotation up and then one of our fans sends me a note that says no less than an hour later. Hey, Raph, you've been keeping up with this. And I said, no, my suppose ah oh, shit he probably said some more dumb shit <laughs> and lo and behold he said he is interested and that negotiations for him to compete at heavyweight are already back on gents Ooh. that happened within 80 minutes and i'm telling you to relinquish a title and then put up a series of crazy ass motherfucker tweets is within the wheelhouse of john jones yeah for sure mm. so, so but all right, so then if you had to choose John Jones versus Stipe or John Jones, like, do you think he deserves an instant like title fight at heavyweight, or would you like to see him go against some of the top contenders in that weight class? It is hard to tell him otherwise because you yeah. do have one of the few draws that you Shit, could be fucking you with. You two fight? How would you feel? You, no, you're, but, you've I been mean, working just, your way up. You're crushing yeah. it. You're Baron Boloing people. No one's noticed mm -hmm. yet. You're a little angry. <laughs> Kevin only watched the first minute of the fight like every other yeah, sports journalist. criticizes me. How do you feel as... I just don't want the same thing yeah. that happened to Conor McGregor to happen to John Jones. I don't want someone bumping up a weight class, beating the champion, and then just like vacating the title. And then just oh, like... Oh, oh. Don't worry. We'll get to the Conor McGregor portion of this evening's festivities. <laughs> He's also got late. a cheeseburger. He's struggling <laughs> to get as thick as well. Yeah. So what I would tell you is this. I think it's kind of hard to mess with your pay-per-view money. So you do want to put him in the mix. And I think that Stipe has already been promised Francis. So, yeah, you might have some uh, very fun negotiating power here by saying John Jones and Derek Lewis, Kev. It might be just the most absurd thing this side of, I don't know, Mike Tyson's still fighting? Oh, why the fuck not anymore? This is more <laughs> fun. Well, let's pitch it. I'm going to go upvote. 
what do mm. you guys? What's this like? We've got the Bolo Bros. They're about to do episode seven heavyweight matchups. <laughs> good, good plug for them, by the way. You two also, um, you know, jokes aside, their jiu-jitsu is excellent. You all have an online webinar coming up, correct? Is why well. I want to plug that just before I, I start mocking you again. Yeah, we do. It's uh, September, no, August 29th. Sorry, August 29th. Um, and you can hit us up on Instagram and reserve your spot. We only have a few spots. Um, keep it pretty uh, personal. And uh, we're going over a lot of Baron Bolo details. So no matter where you are in the world, you can uh, plug some Bolo details. Let me just say this with true love and affection here. Love you guys, hate beer and bolos. So how <laughs> would I go about signing up for this when, and believe me when I say this, I know you're going to give me some pushback on it, is not humanly capable of doing a beer and bolo. I don't believe those Ooh, I don't believe see, it. Oh, they you, need to see my ass, oh, Raph. They haven't seen how top-bottom right, heavy right. I am. This should be so, interesting. I would to know how to do a proper barambolo and mm-hmm. what a proper barambolo is first before you tell us that you cannot do it. So I would tell you, you this proper barambolo. I have a, a really hard time believing that you really understand what a, a proper barambolo is. I have broken many a coach way more optimistic than you from <laughs> ever believing that it was possible. And they put yeah. in hours upon hours of time. And yet at the very end of it, they turned into disbelievers in the saddest of ways. And yet I told them, I'm very Joke's sorry. on you. We're too skeptical already. Let's go. <laughs> I have a way different response. In 2012, I attended 15 minutes of a Meow Brothers seminar. <laughs> so uh, tried it once. Didn't go well. Haven't attempted it since. I mean, did they speak English at that time? I nope. can't imagine that the instruction was top notch. And to be fair, it was definitely a little bit of and I go, I don't know what they're saying, Kev. Uh, they're definitely doing some stuff. So that's that's my impression of the Meow Brothers. But, but I guess what I'm saying to you guys is we're very much looking forward to that. People should go sign up and they should learn from you guys who are capable uh, beer and bolo coaches. And more importantly, I've seen your work. Your body of work speaks for itself. So I'm very excited for people to go do that. Let's return back to these fights because there's a lot to talk about. So you yeah, mentioned please. who you want to see, John Jones matched up against do you have interest in seeing stipe versus francis i'll direct this one to danny oh man for sure i think that would be an amazing uh fight that would definitely be so anytime that these guys fight with each other it's like you can roll the dice and it might go the distance but you know that any random shot could just end in just disaster and devastation it's just like it's like paddling through the ocean you know you're like it could be totally fine. Absolutely nothing's going to happen. They could go the distance. Trade technique could be great. Or a shark could come up and eat you, and in one moment, your entire life is over, and you had no idea and couldn't see it coming. That's kind of like one big punch. Everything goes like south. Mm-hmm. So it's always interesting to see guys like this fight and to see when you, when you know that the stakes are so high with every exchange. Um, it, it's especially someone like Nganu and Stipe himself. I mean – it's incredible to to see a fight like that when you know there's so much in the balance with mm-hmm. every exchange. And the, and the first fight was beautiful. Like the the strategy that Stipe implemented was like phenomenal. So I can't imagine that the second fight will just be as good or if not better. Yeah, Kev, I mean, didn't. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Oh, I was just going to say, Kev, I did not expect the shark metaphor, but we have it. So other than that, that was beautiful analysis. Now, Kev, <laughs> here's my question that? to you. The the note that I got, it was during the post-presser, Dana was talking about how huge this fight was. And the metaphor or the analogy that he gave. Was he talking he about gave, um, DC's waistline or did he mean huge ooh. in a different way? First of all, Sorry. this was a slender DC comparatively. <laughs> yes. If you look at the weights that he checked in on this fight, so be nice. However, yes, you know, he did look a little, you know, thick for him. Hey, but I that's what it. he does. Yeah, but sorry, finish your question. Now, would you believe that Dana said that this fight was so huge because, you know, my kid, he lives in San Diego, and this fight was so huge, people were looking outside of his house through his window that's how much people wanted to see that do you believe that's a strong barometer of how popular a fight is no and i this is going to turn sad quickly but san diego <laughs> has a huge homeless population and dana those, <laughs> those are people that struggle to be able to pay rent as well as ufc fees uh and plus espn plus is fucking confusing there's times i'm like i should just go walk around the streets until i see someone's window that has it that's easier than trying to re-verify my account for a 94th time oh, man. so i have i have mixed reviews but for me this was a fight that they clearly got the espn pr team meeting that they maybe hadn't gotten before that was like hey mm. we think there's some chances to really uh up this and that's a because the ESPN team's bored as fuck because there's no sports mm. going on in the NBA. They're mm. like, this is a bubble. We're not even invited. And mm. B, yeah. because UFC is boring right now. We can say whatever we want. It's a boring time to be in UFC. We have no, we have no champions that are dominating free of scandal. DC was one of our big ones. Stipe is a firefighter. And if he wasn't so damn boring as a person, love him. But he's a boring ass hype. He has none of the oh, Nick Diaz. He has none of the Nate. He has nothing quirky or specific. He's just this Midwest firefighter that also beats the shit out of people and apparently lifts some weights because that guy looked in shape. <laughs> he looked real good. And I think he was putting down and at least being facetious with how much he was training for this fight. I'm being like, yeah, you know, I've been doing a lot of blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden you see him in there and you go, no, I think you've clearly been in shape this whole time, first responder. So let's sit down. I would tell you this, though, Kev. He had a great moment during the presser where he actually showed a little bit of his personality. And I want to put this to the Bolo brothers because you don't know too much about my grappling game. It's not great. But from what you know about the media, when he went up there and there were two media members who were going to ask a question at the same time, and Stipe's reaction was, fight for it. Fight for it. Fight for oh, it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I put up on oh our God. social media, I said, you know what? I'm into that because I think all things considered with social media role, I would do okay. I would fuck John Anik up. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Dude, yeah, let's do it. I want to see Ariel Hawani fight one of those other guys. I'm, I'm down for it. <laughs> Ariel Hawani's the worst. You do. This is where the Bolo Bros are like, we just got to get credentialed. Are you shitting me? I know I'll oh, fuck man. them up. Yeah, for real. Yeah, the real. only one that I know that could pose a problem would be Ben Folks. And I've heard he's a brown belt, might be a black belt now. And he's about no nonsense. I think Luke talks a good game. But those guys don't even show up anymore. Now I just got to like Kamora the Schmo, and I'm pretty sure I can do that. <laughs> yeah. So 
just yeah, putting yeah. that out there for everybody. And I'm not even so, limited to MMA journalists. I'll heel hook Tim Legler if I get the chance to take over his NBA spot. Yeah, you heard me. <laughs> I sent some Game of Thrones from that reference, too, when he was like, fight for it. Like, I sent some, like, uh, some medieval rage there. He's definitely yeah. a Game of Thrones fan. He's yeah, that, West, that, so. that Vikingness uh, definitely popped yeah. itself out. Gents, let's go ahead and move to the co-main event. So I'm going to ask oh, this snap. one over to Nick. Nick, were you hurt by the result on this one? Were you happy about it? Because guess what? The internet went one of two ways on this one. Uh, what was the fight? Sugar We're talking Shane. about Sugar Shane O'Malley. Oh, Sugar Shane. How can you forget? I, 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 I have an interesting uh, uh, story to say about this. Hmm. So it was, I think it was yesterday, I was scrolling through Instagram, and I saw a Sean O'Malley quote where he was proposing a potential fight against Conor McGregor. Now, this quote was from like a week ago, I'm assuming, and he was basically saying, you know, I think I would be a good match for Conor. You know, I would be big at that weight class. I think I could knock him out in a round. Granted, this was after I saw Sean O'Malley get knocked out. So I really feel for the man. I can't imagine that that, that quote aged well, considering he lost, I think, in 30 seconds against that Vince guy. Mm, this was, yeah, against or Cheeto. Cheeto, yeah. He lost in 30 seconds against Cheeto, so... What a name, by the way. Uh, so I think it's a it's, <laughs> uh, to go from losing to Cheeto in 30 seconds to thinking that you could be Conor McGregor is a big difference. Now uh, I'm upset because we I believe we said that Sean O'Malley was going to win and it didn't go our way, but you know it is what it is. Cheeto <laughs> looked good out there. He reps jujitsu. I know he's a AOJ brown belt or or, or black belt, something like that. So you know it is what it is. You're on the dartboard somewhere. Danny, art, art, do you guys have – hold on, Rev. I have to ask a quick art of mm. jiu-jitsu question. So if that's that's Vera um, AOJ being art of jiu-jitsu for those of you that are like, what did the I hell did he just say? Did I up or is that true? No, I have he, no idea, he, but do you all AOJ. feel an internal <laughs> rivalry with them with your bolo stuff? Oh, no, definitely not because, you know, they first of all are retired. And there's a big gap, and someone's got to fill it. And they're they're the OGs of this, the the Baron Bull, or two of the OGs. You have the Mendez brothers, then you have the Meow brothers, have kind of more popularized the Baron Bolo and uh, third generation. Now you have the Bolo Bros. So it's uh, evolution. It's not really uh, a rivalry well, or anything like I that. I disagree. We, we definitely respect those. It's guys not like a lot. me and Danny aren't blood related or anything. Yeah. You said there was a big gap. I would argue, if I know anything about a Baron Bolo, it's a tiny gap. But all right. Big gap from what? What did I say? Is that a sexual joke? That was not. Oh he said there's a big gap. <laughs> Never mind. All right, Raph, I don't we, have time. We have noises that we play when it is a sexual reference. So don't worry. We have a soundboard <laughs> just for those things. It's Snoop Dogg yeah. hitting on Martha like, Stewart. You're going to love it. <laughs> Kev, question to you. Is the hype train derailed? Big time, and I'm the I'm the conductor. I was like, "Oh, finally, Pride Hair wearing O'Malley is gonna put us on the map." You guys ass kicked in 30 seconds. This was my fault entirely. I jinxed him. Okay, we and the fact he was one of like the few fights we agreed on. Not a good sign. Just from looking at the results, guys, that wasn't great. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it's not the like uh, Aaron Pico in Bellator. Hopefully, we don't see that again. Where 
we get all up and excited for like another chance for him to redeem himself and he just fails again and then we're excited for him to redeem himself and he just fails again and just yeah that's we, why it's so interesting in the sport because every fight is a chance to fail so spectacularly so to have the success that he's had so far says so much and people start to believe that you're unbeatable and the worst is when these people start to believe in their own hype and then i believe once people believe their own hype that's when they start to get derailed and uh you know, sad to say that that definitely kind of happened a you little think bit. So? You don't think Conor McGregor believed in his own hype? I think he believed in his hype way too much when he got choked out. Oh, mm. thank you. I was just about to say, I think he did. And then somebody was like, <laughs> I think, I think mm. once he got choked out, he was, uh, he found some wood to knock on and got back to his. But it definitely got quick. him as far as knocking Aldo out and beating Eddie Alvarez. Oh, for sure. But for it was sure. not Listen, wood he knocked wood. on. That was just an old human being that might have resembled wood. It, it was a human, though. Fair, fair play, fair play, fair play. But, I mean, it's definitely the kind of thing that, you know, you have to believe in yourself to a point. But I feel like, you know, there's a difference between believing in yourself and believing in your abilities and because you know what those abilities actually but are. But what is that line? Because at what point are you able to control that line? I think the audience's interpretation is it's a very simple thing to do, yet – it's also weird when you have incredible ambitions. Do you, either of you have the any lines, answer for that? The line has to be, you know, and, and I feel, I feel for, Nick might have a different answer, but for me, the line is when whatever your opponent throws at you, you truly believe that if randomly it pops up in the middle of a tense situation, the middle of a fight, you're not thinking about it, but then all of a sudden your opponent throws up this situation for you. You know how to counter it, and you know exactly what to do, and you're prepared for it. Um, as long as you understand that what could happen, it, you're already prepared for. Then you know you're you're well safe, and, and you have not crossed that line into the delusions of grandeur. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I would disagree. I just think that line is when self belief and like skill are equivalent. Like they're mm, they're the same. Yeah. You know, one's not greater than the other. It's just completely leveled off. Because you See, have a here's... lot of people like Shane O'Malley, man, just like Nick said, he went from believing he was gonna beat Conor McGregor to getting knocked out by Cheeto in like thirty seconds. And that's no disrespect to Cheeto, but you know, imagine believing that and then maybe not actually being on that level. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't, who knows? But that definitely speaks to, to something about the level he's at where that can happen so quickly because of whatever the reasons were, you know? Let me say a few things about the, the hype train. First and foremost, I want to give the credit that is due to Cheeto. Cheeto did an incredible plan here. And as it looked, it was a little ambiguous at the time, but a kick that he hit was a very, very well-placed kick that seemed to aggravate an injury on Sugar Shane. So I get our Sugar Sean. However, I love the way that you just said that, by the way. Thank you. I would <laughs> tell you this, though. The problem with the hype train is that the biggest conductors of the hype train are usually the people who get the maddest about the hype train. Case in point. Mm. So people here are building up this young man. And yes, the UFC is definitely getting behind him. However, if you noticed, 
This wasn't just a, hey, this guy lost. It was a, this guy deserved to lose, which to me as a fan never feels great because I want these fighters to believe in themselves. I want these fighters to be calling their shots because closed mouths don't get co-main events. And more importantly, Cheeto, again, we paid our due respect here. He might not have gotten this co-main event so quickly without having a loud mouth partner who helped to put him there. So when I see somebody like, Sugar Sean lose. Yeah, obviously it's kind of like, Hey man, listen, you finally lost one. And I get it when Cody no love is going to talk shit to him. But when you have a whole audience excited about the fact that a hype train got derailed, all I'm thinking is my first question to them is, well, did you help make that hype train possible? And I think if people really look at the way that they get excited and angry about these sort of things, I think if they're truly being honest with themselves, they might see that they may be contributing to the problem they hate. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But do you think that uh, the whole hype train thing is cyclical and sometimes we need hype trains to fail to allow a new star to born from that hype? For example, Cheeto might be the next guy, right, uh, due to that due to uh, Sean O'Malley losing. I think a large part of it, too, is, like, the the personality of said hype train. You know, hype trains aren't just built by the fans and by the UFC and whoever else. They need something to blow up. And so if there's not, you know, if they don't have an explosive personality, you know, they're not going to look to build a hype train out of them. Like, look at Jose Aldo. I mean, how good was he for how long? you know, on a run that was, was so crazy and beating the top guys for the longest. And it's like, he's a nice guy. He's respectful. He doesn't talk smack. He keeps his head down and he just goes to work. It's like, it's really hard to create a hype train out of him the same way but, that Shane O'Malley or think, Conor McGregor. I would. think all the had hype. Like, look oh, at, he definitely look had at hype. Khabib. Khabib barely says anything. And yeah. who has more hype than Khabib? Yeah, but how many but where does Khabib's hype come from though? Here's yeah. the thing that I find that's interesting about Khabib. Beating the ass of the loudest loudmouth in exactly. the fucking planet, right? But, but hold on, hold on. Khabib would not be pulling down three mil a fight without Conor McGregor. And that is something that is very interesting about this because a lot of people want to talk about how humble he is. And that's great. But he certainly didn't turn down a paycheck that now is his new asking price as didn't a result of also- having a dance party try and fight someone after the i'm he jumped into the he jumped into yeah. the crowd yeah tried he, to he, fuck he, people he up is, so it's one of those like on dylan dennis yeah yeah he might so not he, have said so it is another level too because you know he there so you either get to this this stardom this this hype train level by either winning so much that you literally just become like un unstoppable where they they can't undeniable right or you can build the hype train without having to win all those fights by talking all that smack. So it's like there's two ways to, to have build a hype train. Or you and, can acquire both. Yeah, and if you do both, I mean, oh my goodness, then you're the, the ultimate hype like train. For me, that would be like Israel Adesanya. I feel yeah. like Israel has the personality and he has the technique and skill sets to back it up. What's his record? Though? But it, back to what I was saying, if Paula Costa comes out and beats Israel, I believe... Uh, Bohashina is in a position where he can absorb some of that hype from Israel in that case. Yeah. So then the hype train doesn't get derailed. It just takes a new path. Like it yeah. literally is just <laughs> for Cheeto just goes, oh, like oh, I'm on it now. Boop, boop, boop. I would tell you this. Cheeto deserves 
all of that. So hopefully he gets to inherit all of the benefits of it. I'm rooting for Sugar to come back because I think we need interesting people. And I really think it's hard to be interesting. And to me, I think if you're a fan of this sport and you truly are, maybe, maybe just look at the practice that you have if you are truly worried about the hype train. Because the UFC wouldn't give them that slot if they weren't making all of those people watch, if they weren't making all of those people come in. So to tell someone to not be interesting and not believe in themselves is fucking insane. And when people want to talk about how fighters should be humble, it's a weird slope. I hope that they're humble. And there are some fighters I hope lose sometimes. But at the same point, I never sit there and go, they deserve it, unless it's Ben Askren. And then I say, he deserved it. (laughs) And that hype train was derailed, and that was great. Don't get funky like that, funky Ben. You know what, funky, here's what you can say. Because funky is the guy who basically was saying that Sugar Sean fell under the pressure. And I said, well, pot, kettle, black. Here's a good rule of thumb. (laughs) Whatever he says, just say opposite, and you're correct. Kevin, Ah. let's move further down the line here. It was a little sad for Junior Dos Santos because he got knocked out. And I think this is something we all saw coming, right? You're damn right I did. Not we all. Some of us on the podcast didn't quite see it. (laughs) But yeah, Junior Dos Santos... He's been on this tear for a little bit. I will also say I've been on the wrong side of his decisions because, you know, the guy's dangerous. doesn't matter. Black belts are dangerous. Experienced UFC fighters from Brazil are fucking dangerous. Rosen strikes good. It's time for the yeah. new guard. I like these There's, fights. He has a real deal. He's good. And Dos Santos, I, God bless Dos Santos, but this is where you need to work on a little thing we call bargaining power. Mm-hmm. The UFC doesn't give a shit about you, not as a human being. I mean, I mean that, that's tough to hear, but I think we'll see Dos Santos as the Bellator champ in a few years, and then I think we'll see him at ADCC, and I can't wait. Can I tell you, though, one of the saddest things that happened was about a day later, and he put out a tweet, and this is the one that broke my heart. Watching him lose, there was a kind of moment where – Jorginho actually put his arm around him, and it was a great little sports moment. And I said, oh, what a nice ending to that story. However, my heart hurt the next day when you had Junior Dos Santos go, I, I do so well in the gym, and I do so many great things. And, yeah, I'm on this losing skid, and I just – I don't know He's why. 35, bro. I know why. You're on the same losing <laughs> skid I'm on <laughs> against time. It's tough. Yeah, well, that's, that's the wrong side of a, of a thing to be on time. Is the one down. thing that you can't outrun, you know? <laughs> it's I'm, a rough one. Kids. I'm older. I could say it. <laughs> I mean, 35 is <laughs> young to podcast, as someone pointed out, because Joe Rogan's like 94. That's why his head gets so red when he takes some alpha brain and starts talking about things <laughs> and oh struggles to understand, um, you know. Is how... that adrenochrome, bro? <laughs> Have you ever tried that stuff, the alpha brain? Yeah, I heard uh, it actually makes your head bald for the time that you take it. Well, I haven't had that problem because this guy's <laughs> still got a full luscious blonde locks. But I've also heard that, too. <laughs> I try not to take it on repeat days. Junior Dos Santos is a pioneer. He's been at this a long time. Sometimes there are certain fighters that are not wired to hang it up. That's why they're this. That's why they are fighters. Fighting yeah. is effing intense. 
there's something wrong. If you so, this is gonna get heady. That documentary with Alex and all the free solo, they scanned. I love his, that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. But they scanned his brain, and what they found is like basically your medulla oblongata might not be the right word. You process <laughs> stimulus differently. I believe Junior Dos Santos is one of those human beings. He processes stimulus differently. Dude, yeah, get into he, wingsuit jumping. Just do anything else. <laughs> yeah, they definitely, like, when they did that, though, they basically said he just doesn't respond the same. But that's, they also said it's, and I've actually met Alex, and it's really, like, it's because Name of the disgusting Hot. amount of Go time ahead. and climbing and heights that he's he's dealt with and handled his life that it just simply doesn't phase him the same way. But, you know, when I talked to him about, uh, jiu-jitsu and like choking people and stuff he was like oh my god like that sounds like completely and totally heinous like i would never do like like he was like that's so intense and i'm like um like yeah, you know what you do bro like that's crazy you just so, free climbed el cap you crazy yeah, son exactly. of a bitch you so he, uh, he's like for for him to do that it's like nothing and for us it's everything but then for us to like go into jiu-jitsu match or like you know go fight mma in a cage with someone else that wants to like lop your head off like for him, that's insane. So if you, you scan his brain doing those things, it's going to look a lot different. And that's kind of what he said. Should we know, perhaps but... take a moment to ask how you just stumbled upon having an Alex <laughs> drop in? I didn't story? see that episode on Bolo Bros. I probably um, would have tuned I mean, in. Is that after Butt Scoots? <laughs> I'm not even playing with you. Is literally after Butt Scoots and before evening training, right after lunch. <laughs> um, I was in I was in Vegas and. Uh, I had trained in the morning. I went out to lunch and I was like, okay, cool. I have like four hours free and I have nothing better to do. And I'm just like, uh, living out of my car at the time. So I was like, screw it. Like I'm going to go find a rock gym and just climb for a little while. Um, uh, and so I, I found this gym and I went to, to climb and sure enough, Alex Honnold was there and I was like, Oh, I don't want to be weird, but, uh, can we like talk for a bit? <laughs> so he, he was the nicest guy. He was so cool. And, uh, man, dude was intense. I'll tell you that, but he, he's a really nice guy. How good would he be at jujitsu, by the way? I, oh I just have a strong, God. like his grip he would strength. Not be able to break his grip. <laughs> his mo this motherfucker is gonna be amazing in the gi. It's like if you could just chill, because obviously you're not gonna get all that just strung show him out. Like a double sleeve guard and just like watch no one get out of it. Right. I I think, and I, I I think that if Alex Honnold ever gets bored of climbing and somebody somewhere convinces him to train jiu-jitsu he never would right now because it would ruin his climbing endeavors if he got an injury from jiu-jitsu i don't think he'd be able to live with that but say he got bored like in a hypothetical world if he got bored of climbing and sure. decided to do jiu-jitsu oh my good lord that like he's he's the way he sees things is insane yeah. and, the, and that determination like yeah. apply to jiu-jitsu well speaking that, of yeah. late takes from the rogan podcast i forced raf to do a lebron james pod <laughs> years ago before he was a laker and raf really yeah. didn't care then no. <laughs> now he, now he entertains it more he's great he's he the best what are you talking about Kevin? those shut episodes up. never happen shut up so i i was obsessed with lebron james as like this motherfucker would murder john jones i was like i saw this so when i see all the articles surface it's like joe rogan thinks lebron james is just uh amazing i was like fuck you you are stealing Straight up plot lines from us. I feel I have like three annoying comments to my fiance, a documentary about jujitsu, and that one it was like 12. It was like, I just fucking can't imagine this guy in a gi. I, I really just, can't. He'd climb me and choke me before I even knew what was going on. 
Oh, I'm just pleased that they're going through our back catalog for episode fodder because they're so far in. They're like, shit, we have nothing to talk about today. <laughs> Having said that, point of information, you, how long did it take before you asked him or talked to somehow that I'm guessing not at all smoothly about jujitsu? Who's that, Alex? Yeah. Oh, dude, it was like, so I, you know how they say like never meet your heroes? So I've met a lot of people who I've been like, like they're famous, they're really cool, they're whatever. Um, and I've never been impressed. Like they're just people. They all, you know, everybody poops, everybody pukes, everybody dies. They're all people. And so I don't really look at people like they're anything crazy or too special. But man, I am a huge Alex Honnold fan. And he is literally one of like the mentally strongest like humans that I think I've, you know, kind of come across. And so I'm, I'm a big fan of his. He's helped me a lot with his mindset and everything. And uh, it, it's, it's so, he so cool. He definitely lived up to your expectations. Man, I, I, when I, I was like fangirling when I met him. And I was like, I've never gone up to somebody <laughs> and been like, yo. Like, He's like, why is this guy sweating yeah. profusely? <laughs> no, it wasn't like that. But I've never walked up to somebody and been like, hey, like, can I meet you? Like, I don't like, it's so weird. Like, imagine like going up to like a really hot girl somewhere and being like, just randomly, like, it felt similar to that. So it's like, you know, you go up to a hot girl, you talk to her. It's like, okay, it's not a big deal. But if it's like, if it's like, it was like that on steroids, it was like that on steroids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was kind of crazy. <laughs> so I basically just walked up to him and I was like, yeah, like, can, can we talk for a bit or whatever? And he was like, like, uh, like, this is weird. I was like, could we like take a picture? And then we, we started talking and he was really cool. Did you shake his hand? Um, yeah, dude, I, I, there's what a picture did, on my Instagram. Like, 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 was his hand like pure, like he, paper? No, he okay, didn't. hold on, hold on. I'm going to make sure that we get to the part where you answer my question, yeah, which so, is <laughs> I asked. So, how long did it take for you to manually insert jujitsu into a conversation I can only guess was not organically about jujitsu? <laughs> no, I, a couple minutes. I basically just said that, hey, man, like uh, the way you approach climbing and uh, your mentality on, um, you know, dealing with difficulty and competition mindset, basically. He doesn't really call it competition mindset, but your mindset has really helped me. Uh, with my job and and competing as a professional athlete and so I just want to say thanks and um, you know I really appreciate uh, you kind of putting it out there and everything and so we started talking from there he was like oh what do you do and so he's, I told him and he was like oh my gosh he goes that's like crazy like and then, so then we started talking a little bit more for for a little bit and uh, that's kind of that's how that came up and uh, it, it was pretty wild man but uh, yeah it, it definitely one of the very few people that I've ever like looked up to and then met. And then I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's so awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> and here's a big difference between how Joe Rogan and I would cover something. This is Kevin speaking again. When he <laughs> went to uh, Angola, Joe Rogan was like, tighten your buttholes. He's free. <laughs> Angola. And here's what I would have said. Tighten your taint. It's coming because of alliteration. And that's something that you get in grad school. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just waving at the crowds as they go by. I'm I'm impressed because I'm right with you in terms of mindset. And, Raph, are you ready for the ultimate um, right-hand turn back to the UFC fights? Why why would you need to tighten your butthole for Angola? That's my whole point. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Tan that taint, baby. Get out in the sun. I don't know. Tighten it. Whatever you want to do. 
Just use something that doesn't uh, take so many words and doesn't use the word butthole because it makes me think I'm in an episode <laughs> of Hey Dude. I'm so glad that somebody heard what Kevin was saying and said, no, no, let's go further down the insert rabbit hole. Tell me more about that alliteration you did right there. Um, sure. Let uh, me just do some Jim Miller. Kevin, were you going to no say something? No one tans the taint in fighting harder than Jim oh, Miller, God. who loses oh, to and Raph and I were like, oh, you know, before we talked about this, we actually do a little bit of prep. And he and I were like, am I really going to vote against Vince from hell, Pichelle? Doesn't doesn't that hurt? And it felt okay because it was Jim Miller. And if anyone's gonna gonna free rope up El Cap, even having no climbing experience, I'd put money on Jim Miller. I'd put money on the Miller brothers. They'd be like, I can fucking do it. Fuck him. Loses this fight, Raph. I don't. What happened? Uh, I want to skip past Burns, who got KO'd. I want to skip past Dodson, who was too short to ride the rides. And I want to get to what happened (laughs) to Jim Miller. Let me give you some. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Vince had a mustache too, right? Yes. Uh, I hate when dudes with the Freddie Mercury mustaches win, dude. That's like that, that personally pains me. Okay, so I'm interviewing Vince on Thursday. I will make sure to make mention of that and <laughs> then casually <laughs> drop in your website. And, you know, I'm going to tell him to sign up for your guys' a seminar because I feel like that should be a good thing. Uh, no, th- this is what we said last week, which is they're both friends of the show. And oddly, I haven't interviewed either of them. Like, we're familiar and friendly with both of them. And, like, Vince is out here in L.A., so, like, we casually run into each other every once in a while because we have a lot of similar friends. And there's always been a moment of people are like, how come you haven't interviewed him? I was like, I don't know. And then once he won, I go, well, that was pretty badass. So we set it up. So Thursday, kids, on the grappling hour, 1 p.m. Best Coast time. Anyway, I can tell you this, Kev. He was really solid and the assumption was going to be that jim miller's grappling was going to be way way too much for him to handle and vince was really solid throughout man like he put some of his own grappling courses out on that day and jim was fighting a good fight man i mean 29 28 is nothing to scoff at but it was a very very solid back and forth can i say something though about verna janadoriba real quick yes she looked great oh my god why did she look great Dude, her jujitsu, her ability to bring to the fight so early on, no strikes exchanged, and her transitions, uh, dude, I, I don't know. It was just like, like to finally see someone, I, I know we have like Mackenzie Dern, but the way she was able to demonstrate jujitsu in MMA was phenomenal, like something I haven't seen in a, in a long time. Now I really wish I saw it. Yeah, dude, it was amazing. I'm I'll like, send you the clip in a second. Because but... Felice Herring is, is no scrub, you know? She's a legit no. fighter. She's a veteran in the sport. So to see a newcomer come in and just dominate her on the ground is with no strikes. Like if you told me it was an MMA fight, I wouldn't have believed it, you know? So hats off to her. She did a great job. Also, I'm not going to say much more other than yes, for some strange reason, Rob Schneider was also trending after her win. So take (laughs) that for what you will children. (laughs) But I would tell you credit to her on the arm bar form But I do have one little note, which is for a split second, if you look at that tape, 
the thing that always aggravates me in those moments is when you see Fleece out of the armbar for like a, a half second, like out of danger for a half second and almost escapes, except doesn't do anything to escape. And it uh-huh. just infuriated me because I was like, yo, if you just kind of hip switch just like a little that's bit that's of a like- trip. That's like when I watch like uh, action movies or anything like that, and then there's somebody mm-hmm. like they get mounted and someone's like doing the the two hands around the the throat, like I'm gonna air choke you kind of thing, and I'm just like cringing. I'm just like, oh, why are you this dude? You do two jujitsu classes, bro. Like, come on, and they really? die in like ten seconds. Yeah, and then they <laughs> they die in ten seconds. You're like, what the? It's like, what? You're not even gonna shoot him to make sure he's yeah. dead. <laughs> But it's it's like so bad. Like they pass out so fast, and it's just so unrealistic. And so it's like uh, my girlfriend's always like, "Just enjoy the movie." And I'm like, "I can't. I'm sorry." And it, I feel like if, if I watch this, it's that's what it's gonna be yeah, like. But do you think it's because the uh, grappling in MMA, the, it's still at a lower level? Like, Dude, you, you know what's funny? To? So I know this isn't what you were kind of talking about, but I love how the the popular the rising popularity of MMA, how that's leaked into Hollywood, and so now movies. Mm-hmm that have any type of fight scene or grappling exchange. Well, this is John Wick's fault. This is 100% John Wick's fault. No, but John John Wick, like, that's one of the the things that really pulled the, you know, the popularity to John Wick is that he was doing all these, like, crazy moves that were, like, But people are like, oh, shit, I got to do that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those moves, though, in John Wick are judo-based. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for well, sure. A lot of our moves are judo-based. You deal Come with on, that, Bolo oh, Brothers. Oh, my God. Not I knew you were going to bring it up. <laughs> Why are you? Oh, my word. How dare you bring up the history of our sport at a time that's inconvenient to me? How dare you, sir? <laughs> I would tell you. But I do American jiu-jitsu. Oh, God. AKA yeah, sure on his do. back, baby. Let's it's, leave a nationality out of it. It worked in Boogie Nights for Mark Wahlberg. Ah! And it works oh for the God. Bolo Brothers. The best, best exit scene in movie history. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> So here's what we can tell you, kids, is that, yes, uh, go watch. Jean-Gi uh, Robot. I'll, I'll send you that. Go watch Boogie Nights. Well, uh, sure. Don't worry. It's on HBO program. every 27 seconds. And don't watch the whole Boogie Nights. Just watch no. the first 75 <laughs> just minutes. the last five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> no, no, no. Just the first 70 minutes. Everything after that is depressing, sad, and you've lived through it with the Trump election. Jean Jaroba, Jean Jaroba's arm bar is on. I've never seen it, so I'm, now I'm curious. Right, how do you think she stacks up against everyone else in that division? Like, no. do you think that was a one-off, or do you think her grappling will, will take her far? She beat Herrick. I don't give a shit. It's it's one of my like. Hey, let's go. You submit I people think, that quickly. I'll see it again. I think that she has put a good statement out there that let people know who the fuck she is and that her one loss is a loss against Carla Esparza. So it's kind of hard to get a sense of where she may be in the UFC. Her last win was also a submission rear naked choke win. And that was back in December of 2019, but she has a nice sprinkling of submission wins. So I think that we are in for a treat to see who and how she will stack up in the next few fights. However, moving on, we're going to close up this with a couple little quick mentions. Daniel Chavez looked really solid against TJ Brown, so that was really good, even though he came in fat. And I would also tell you, uh, let me double check. Actually, no, his opponent came in fat. That's why he beat him. That's right. Then you had Salza, who beat Yoder, question mark? I don't know. That one was close. Chris Dacus with a savage knockout. 
punches and a knee. And Kai versus Tony to begin the night was a hell of a fight. Go back and watch that one. So You mean the Kevin, fight that was added after the fact? And wasn't it all a part of what we picked? Yeah, that one happened because they were running out of fights and things got canceled. Yeah, so. fuck everyone. So I was like, I see Dawkins <laughs> versus Porter. Comica mm. 3 versus Kelly. I was like, I don't remember that fight. I Google it. Well, it's like, well, it was Comica added. Comica 2 wasn't available, so they had to get Comica 3. <laughs> I think Comica the third uh, hadn't occurred to me yet, but um, I'm curious from just, the just throw the victory our way. Whoever won that fight, just give it to the Bola Bros. Yeah, yeah, we won that. Yeah, we didn't pick it, assholes. Actually, I'm curious, Raph. Is this where we get to results? Are we there? We are doing the results. Well, I want to ask them. Ask them how they. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. How do you two think we did? Give us your feedback. I know you didn't take notes. I've been in group Judging projects with people like yourselves you before. Judging by how nervous you guys sound, I'm going to say that we took this one. Yeah. You guys definitely have really tried to, you know, shy away from bringing the conversation to the the whole point of this. So I'm going to go ahead and say we took No, it. actually, we just wait to reveal it at the end. It keeps Raph people on longer. Raph fuck. Raph hopes I lose. So the fact that you think <laughs> we're in this together is man. not a great no, sign. Let me dream. Why can't I dream? Because <laughs> well, it's wrong, and I don't want you to dream wrong. Dream right, kids. No, 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 no. You I, two I dream keep of a dreaming. World where righties and lefties don't have to be exploited like this. Oh, God. Which is All one right. of you are well, righty listen, and one kids, of you is a lefty. To get which to one's the lefty, Raph? I need to know which one I can't trust. <sighs> can, can you I... trust the lefty or can you trust the righty? Which I can the trust the righty. Trust? I can't trust the lefty. Everyone knows that. Everyone in you the world. You can't trust the lefty? Correct. Well, joke's on you. I'm dyslexic and I don't know what one is actually my right and left. So, Well, who's... joke's on you. I don't know who's talking right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah well uh i guess uh we'll, we'll you'll never know mm. kevin <laughs> where do we stand on this one well i'd like to go through the fight specifically <laughs> go for it we both had john jeroba you had mm. parada i had burns you win mm. i hey. had i had davishla you had dotson i win <gasps> you had souza i had yoder you win I had Chavez. You had TJ Brown. You fucking lose that one. Chavez. I told you. That was aggressive. That was so aggressive. Yeah, I felt good about it. We both had O'Malley. That was our bad. <laughs> we both had Jim Miller. <laughs> Can't win them all. Uh, then I had Rosenstreich. You had Dos Santos. Oh, this is not looking too good. This is bad. We've got to let you get ahead a little bit first so that we can crush you in the, on the back end and it'll feel... Uh, good news. It'll be we both had Dawkins. And then you had Stipe, I had DC for a 5-5 fucking tie. And here's why I'm angry. Because this gets to performance of the night, performance of the night, fight of the night. Well, these fights sucked. So none of us got them right. Raph, it's a 5-5 tie. F this. F the rules. I don't know what to do. I will go ahead and tell you the ruling on this as the adjudicator. <laughs> the the ruling on the board is I would like to hear a persuasive argument from both parties before I give a ruling here. So this is your final statement. Kevin, I'll begin with you. Why should I give the ruling to you? Because I was all about DC focusing on the ice cream cake. And I don't think oh, I was no, wrong. That's good. I don't think I was wrong. I think yeah. he was focused on the ice cream cake. 
and then someone started poking people in the eyes. I can't be responsible <laughs> for that. No one knew mm. about Cayman the Third. Obviously, mm. that's who I would have chosen over Mr. <laughs> Kelly. And mm. frankly, the fact that I was able to reference multiple providers of ice cream cakes, I think, gives me the clear, clear W in the main fight. Excellent. Bolo Bros. I feel like he's just projecting right now because he wants ice cream cake. That's, Bolo that's Bros. Relevant. I will turn They're this podcast wrong. around if you do not let me speak and give you the right opportunity to say something. It's not looking favorable for you, but what is your closing statement? One of you make it because you both sound the same. Go. <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right. So we're, we're tied right now. And we got to make a closing statement for the fight or for why we why won. Why oh, we Jesus. Won. Kevin wins. All right. Listen, ah! I tried. No, no, I was no, just about no. to say, at least I understood the rules. Rob and I didn't work this out beforehand. Clear. And you guys are like, wait, what am I supposed to do? It's like, I guess you're supposed to lose. Let's, let's be reasonable human beings here. Can no. we at the very least do a coin toss? I think that's fair. I think we leave it in the hands of fate. We Wait, let's play let's play rock, paper, scissors instead. That's better. We'll settle it like real men. Wow. Okay. Yeah, you guys super lost. And here's why this is disappointing. <laughs> I was prepared to do a tie where you both had to do it, and then you fucked up the final argument. So therefore, Kevin has won the tiebreaker due to judge's preference. He got an advantage, and I just want you to understand that I didn't want to have to give it to him, but you forced my hand here. Now this so. sounds rigged. Sounds rigged. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> okay, great job there in Echo. But I, I would tell you, <laughs> go back and listen to the tape and listen to me try to give you an opportunity and then listen to the moment you actually put it in the toilet and flushed it down. Oh, man. So, Kevin... Well, it's like what we said, too, is we got to actually, like, give you guys a little head up. Otherwise, you're not yeah. going to play imagine with us if, again. Imagine if we let Kevin lose Good God. On, his, on his own show. What, what, the we, bros would be bad people. Bad I've, people. Lost, uh, I've lost 43% of the time. I appreciate your yeah, confidence, kids, but I've been getting my <laughs> ass kicked well, by people I mean, since uh, 2012. I actually care about you. Well, so I here's the good guys. news. Kids, uh, Rab, I, just I can remember agree more with them. These two are my favorite. This, is, this yeah. might be my favorite podcast. <laughs> Children, here's the reason why you have to do the thing. One, you came on our show. Two, <laughs> it's not like it's money. You just have to do a fucking video in which you compliment us. I don't see why there's a problem uh, with that. Uh, I see. This is what this, this is about. This is the ploy. He doesn't want to do a video saying that Bullet Bros Podcast is the best, so you guys rigged the rule so we wouldn't understand it. I was literally going to rule yeah. in both of your favors and say both of us have to do videos on the other. Oh, rap. Then, I was going to go the other way. I was going to be like, they nailed us. Okay, they got video. us. Um, they from, they from called it. But then these dummies over here had to be like, I don't understand the rules. How does this work? I literally just explained how to do it. Mm, yes, no, this sounds very familiar from a, a time in the past where the rules are in a different language that people don't oh, understand. Do not use <laughs> Good try. Very careful here. Look over here. Who of us, just real quick, amongst those of us on the show, who looks. Like they would have been palling around in Jojo Rabbit 
and then ask yourself who would have been the extras. Oh God! So I don't, I'm just I don't saying, want to answer Danny. that, Raph. Uh, no, taco versus like me wise, like I don't want to. Danny gives off a very Sam Rockwellish vibe, so I'm just saying, <laughs> if you want to play blame on somebody oh, here, alongside of that fence. So anyway, kids, yes, oh, you have no. to do a video about us just demonstrating a move you can promote your stupid here's, seminar here's the great news Raph. giving it up. i'm going to mm. bolo bros right now to put a five-star review See? Hey! oh you're the man let's bro. go it's actually it's a movement art jujitsu on google yeah and this is the guilt speaking he knows the game is rigged so he's just doing this to kind of yeah. get it off his chest he's like listen <laughs> it will just makes him a little bit happy and you have no idea how german i am we have yeah, no guilt yeah, everybody in remembers families. the parts of the history books when hitler gave five-star reviews before pe putting people <laughs> in the oven right real real smart there selective history gents what i'm telling you is Yes, you have to do a video, but do it quickly, and then we will put that up on our site, which will give you guys promotions for this seminar. Does that seem reasonable? All right. I guess we'll we'll, we'll allow set, you we'll guys to, to, to feel like you won this one, just so you feel better and that you play with us again. If we just beat you that bad, you're not going to want to play with yeah. us again. It I, was 5-5. Five, five. We tied on every <laughs> possible category. <laughs> Listen, we did a lot of work to make sure that we put it that close. I would argue <laughs> there's two of you. So yeah. you should have beaten me. <laughs> and this is not my first two-on-one situation. I had to do a whole STD screening before this call. That's personal. That has nothing to do with this. But the doctor's always like, why do you want the anal swab? And it's like, none of your fucking business, doc. How's that it's sound? Just when you, it's just when you make the weird sounds in the doctor's office that he starts to get freaked out, right? Correct. Yeah, clothes. he was a little freaked out. I don't mind telling you. I had to talk him through the whole process. I was like, I don't think those are the right swabs. He's like, you know, I knew I was doing something wrong. It's like, you need the orange ones, my man. He's that back in my country, we don't actually have any gloves, so uh, I licked my finger first. That would have been yeah. fine with me like if he had William the right swabs. Oh, well, listen, when you get to the, the class material like this, it's usually a signal to pull the pull the podcast over to a close. Gents, why don't you tell people where they can go train with you? Because I'm sure they're very excited to go train over with your very new gym, which looks amazing, by the way. And looks oh, like it does. It does look amazing, by the way. <laughs> he said that so with so much disdain in his voice. Oh, man. When are you guys going to come by and train with us, man? <laughs> Mm, well, first of all, when a global pandemic maybe decides to get itself under control, and second of all, you guys come to me because everybody comes to LA at some point, and I don't fly. Dude, LA, I don't know, man. It sounds like, it sounds like a Mad Max spinoff going on over there, post-apocalyptic vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, when I look outside of my very, very affordable place in north hollywood it definitely looks like mad max with people walking their dogs yes very very fearful read everything you need to kids but no no you guys come out here for fucking uh the worlds and all that sort of shit so you'll be back but where can the people find you guys and train and all of that jazz come and train with us at movement art jiu-jitsu in richborough pennsylvania just outside of philadelphia uh, we have a podcast, Bolo Bros Podcast. You can follow us online. Hit us up. We're super accessible. So if, if anybody uh, hears this and just shoots us a message on Instagram, 
Uh, we're really good about responding to everybody, uh, answering questions, whatnot. We have a webinar coming up on August 29th. Yes, sir. That's a Saturday. That's a Saturday, August 29th. Uh, it's going to be about Barambolos. So if you got a screen, you're eligible. Um, the time slot is going to be 10 to 12 p.m. And then there's another one at 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. So we're going to be doing online instruction on video uh, live call. Then we're going to be doing Q&A. And then we will be sending recorded videos of the techniques so that you can have them to review on your own. It is well worth the money. Uh, hit us up to reserve a spot on Instagram at Danny Freestyle, but the L is a one either because I don't know how to spell or it was taken. We'll, we'll go with that one. And uh, at that Nick Salas, um, hit us up, guys. Polo Bros, and I'm going to actually do the whole feed. Movement Art Jiu-Jitsu, you can find them on all of the interwebs, especially if you take it just a little bit further with bolobrospodcast.podbean.com. I was able to listen to several episodes. They do a good job. They average that uh, nice timing portion you're looking for, and you can still hit episode three drilling, not for oil. As I found out, the internet <laughs> corrected me. Or episode 04, warm-ups. I dig this. I like when people give us a little, uh, hey, here's how you do this. This is what we mean. We're talking in 30 to 40-minute increments. That's huge. So check these mofos out. They really do practice what they preach, as I found out the hard way. Because I was so ready to give you shit about not barremoloing that guy. And it's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. And he like, did. Like, no, you don't barambola as he's barambola. <laughs> he was like, wait, <laughs> keep watching. He's like, shit, <laughs> shit. I got to keep looking through their fights for a non-barambolo, but that's not going to be very helpful in this moment. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much for having us, guys. You guys are awesome and uh, loads of fun. you have dialed has been changed. The new number is, please note, the new number is